put some respect on my name. You understand me? You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. It is RB&J, the radio girls. This is the morning punch-in show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, July 11, 2016. Our special guest today on the hotline bling will be Jesse Vargas and Jamel Herring. Let me properly introduce my PIC, my partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net. Jay, what's poppin', Jay? Good morning, RB. It's another beautiful day here in L.A. Well, Overcast One, ready to get into some boxing talk with you and with all the listeners. It's a busy week, but before we jump into the show, let me give you today's hot question of the day. The hot question of the day is, will Triple G versus Brooke be more competitive than Canelo versus Khan, and why? We'll read a few responses uh, to the hot question during the show. If you do want to answer the question, make sure you tweet RB or myself, or both of us, and use the official hashtag of the show, TMPS, and we will read your responses on the show. Uh, We introduced a hot question last night, so I'll read one quick one before we get started. And one of our our listeners said, hell effing no, Brooke ain't got beep, Brooke got a strong jab, okay, well, Triple G has a stronger everything, boy, gonna get hurt. (laughs) I like that response, that's funny. But, yes, if you'd like to answer the question, use the official hashtag, TMPS. Back to you, Barbie. All right. The lines are open. Make sure you call in, 718-508-9852. You must press 1 if you want to speak to RB and J. We will pick you up. You can sound off. You can give us your opinions and your thoughts on that hot question. So, anyway, let's punch right in. Uh, before Jamal Herring calls in the show for Hotline Bling, let's do some weekend fight recaps. Let's go over to Trenton, New Jersey, where Mario yeah. Barrio scored a unanimous decision against Devious Brochirio on ESPN. <laughs> and, Lord, was this an awful fight. I felt bad for the four dozen people there in Trenton. They did not deserve <laughs> that, Jay. They didn't deserve that. Oh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep during this recap. That's about it. Your <laughs> recap was more exciting than that fight. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll wake it up. Was, it was so bad. It was so bad. So anyway, let's take it over to uh, Lemoore, California. Jose Ramirez powered through Thomas Mendez for four rounds. He improved to 18 and 0 with a fourth round KO. Also on that card was Andy Ventus. He won and remains undefeated with a unanimous decision over Moises Delgadillo. Good, I good, didn't good watch win. this fight. I didn't either. You know, I was it so was bored late. with the Barrios Brachero fight that it, it messed me all up. And then the other ones were late. And I got peer pressured into another sport by my timeline. And it was just a bad look for boxing Saturday night. Sorry, boxing. <laughs> I do love you. Um, yeah, I was pretty much so bored and so tired from the fights in Trenton that I didn't step for the Unimas fights. But... We'll make sure to catch it. I heard they had an awesome crowd. I heard it sold out in California, and they're going to be back there with Andy Ruiz in the next couple months. So that's cool. Um, So anyway, before Jamal Herring calls in, guys, we have a bunch of hot topics today. Uh, Make sure, Jay, if if there's anybody in the switchboard before Jamal calls in that wants to sound off with Golovkin versus Brooke, we can bring them on. 
We have some people who are sitting in a switchboard. Remember, if you want to speak to us, you must press 1 so that we pick up your call. I see you in the switchboard, 916. I see you from the 310. I see you from the 408. I see you calling in, but none of you are pressing 1, so I'm afraid to pick you up because you might go, huh? And so I won't pick you up right now. While we're waiting, maybe we'll read a couple more responses to the hot question of the day. Once again, the hot question was, will Triple G versus Brooke be more competitive than Canelo versus Khan? Uh, One of our followers, who is Sean E. Bear, says, no, it won't. Although Brooke is better than Khan, Triple G is on another level. That jab is something else. Another response from Adam Wynette says, Brooke will give Triple G trouble for five or six rounds, but overall gives him Tougher, a tougher time than Amir Khan did SB. Uh, another response from our guy across the pond, Simplificato. He says, because Triple G is very methodical in what he does, it will take a few rounds to work out Brooke. Take, in, take into account Brooke's skills. Triple G by technical knockout between round seven and nine. And mm-hmm. let's take one more from Doug Stewart. Also with Eubank Jr. and Liam Beefy Smith, here there are some serious bucks to be made. See his backer's method. Oh, okay, I guess I was in response to the fight being there. So that's where we are. We'll read some more responses during the show. I see somebody in the queue who's calling in from a block number, so we will pick up this person. Good morning, block number. You're on with the Morning Punch and Show. Would you like to sound off on Triple G versus Brooke? Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, I'd like to say I I love your show, ladies. Very, very good work for the boxing community. Um, Thank you. Thank you. This is Blu-ray on Twitter. And as some of you may know, I've been very adamant about this fight being like total, I don't know if I could curse on here, but total BS, right? Oh, yeah, it's bullshit. (laughs) Definitely, right? Because uh, (laughs) if I just, like I said, if, if someone like Andre Ward was to fight Canelo at 175, media would crucify this guy. Like they would mm-hmm. destroy him in every facet. And I think it's just crazy how he can go and fight a guy two weight classes under. He hasn't fought, you know, anybody closely toward A level. He's always fighting C, C level fighters, and uh, they've given this guy the keys to the kingdom without doing anything. I, I just don't understand it. It, it. It's crazy out here on these boxing streets. Yo, it, really it is, is and, and the hypocrisy is real, isn't it? Like, the hypocrisy, there is no consistency. At all, like, at all. But I'm just saying, like, I, like, I don't want to get it twisted. I don't want to sound like a hater. Golovkin is a good fighter. He's a really good fighter. But Brooks stands in no chance, and we all know it. Like, everyone knows it, and we're trying to pretend like this is some kind of, like, formidable matchup, and he hasn't done anything. He's number one pound for pound beating Lemieux, David Lemieux. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so anyway, no, I just have to speak my piece, though. So, so I guess, you know, your prediction is Golovkin's going to beat Brooke by manslaughter, homicide, Oh, yeah, he butchery. might get after this. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Black Lives Matter, Golovkin. Don't kill the guy. Don't, oh, my God. Don't kill him. Oh, it's over. Listen, I, I love Brooke, man. Brooke is a great – he's a good fighter at 47. He's a good fighter at 47, but he stands no chance. I mean, I'm just, I, just, I do want to see how Triple G handles the style. You know, a good rangy fighter. Brooke fights tall, long jab. 
He's got a you know a good left. Uh, you know, straight right is pretty good, and he's accurate. So I just want to see how he handles that, as well as the clinch. Brooke is a clincher, and uh, I can see Golovkin getting frustrated a bit with the clinch. But like after round five, oh, it's over. A wrap. Oh, not even. All like, right. It's done. <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely it's over. A wrap. So I definitely want to speak my piece, ladies. I'm, I'm, you know. Again, thank you thank for you doing guys that. For, for the boxing community. I appreciate it. Yo, AJ, you better follow me on Twitter, too. I'll be tweeting y'all. My bad. Tweet me right now so I can follow you back. I thought I was following you. So go ahead and tweet me, and I'll follow you back ASAP. I got you. I got you. I'm going to tune in. It'll go work. All right. Thank you. For sure. All right. It looks like we have our first guest in the QRB. Hey, it's Mel Herring. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Punching Show. Hey, good morning, ladies. How y'all doing? We're good. Right. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you know, being me and my good spirit. <laughs> yeah, well, good. We wanted to catch up with you and get some updates from you. We watched you on July 4th, um, or the 3rd, should I say, on ESPN, and you fought Dennis Shavakov, if, that ha- if that's how you say his name, and you showed so much heart and so much grit against him. You came up a little bit short in the 10th round. It was stopped. But, you know, ESPN did such a wonderful piece on you. You had the entire country rooting for you. How are your spirits today, and how has the reception been? Oh, um, you know, I'm feeling good. You know, like I said, I look at it, it's it's a fight game. You know, things happen, even though um, we we want things to go a different way. But it's a fight game. But um, what's crazy is I actually won more fans over from that performance than my previous 15 fights before that. So, you know, it, it was, you know, in the end, I could, I could say it, it turned out more positive than negative for me. So, you know, I'm happy, happy where everything's going. I have to agree. You fought true Marine style. And, you know, most fighters won't take up a step-up fight that early. And that is what you wanted. You wanted a significant fight. And I agree with you. I don't think it hurt you. You may have taken the L, but I feel like you won over the night. Exactly, you know. And just like you, you pointed out, like what I what I'm trying to do with my career is, you know, win, lose, or draw. I'm trying to go out with people remember remember me for like, you know, the fights that I put on. You know, I don't want to go out as the guy who got 40 wins, but they looking like who did you fight? You know, and I look up to guys like, you know, people may judge him for um, what he does outside the ring, but I look up to guys like, you know, Oscar De La Hoya who fought, you know, everybody. You know, Oscar didn't win all his big fights, but in the end. You know, he, he was respected for fighting everybody, you know, who challenged him. And, um, you know, that's what I've been doing on my team. Like, every time my team calls me um, on the Heyman side, they can, I, I've never, you know, turned down an opponent or um, a fight they brought to the table. I'm just like, you know, just give me some time to talk over my team and we'll go from there. But it, it usually takes me about, like, two or three days before I set the fight. And that's just the type of person that I am. Your corner stopped it in the 10th round. Did you agree with your corner? Oh no, you know I didn't. You know I didn't agree with my corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was just me. I was like, hey, you know, and, and, and like I spoke to him afterwards, and you know we had an understanding and everything. But like you know me, I was just like, it's a final, and let me just go out. Let me just go out the way I want to go out. You know, but I understand that they they weren't looking out for my health and concern. But of course, like you said, that marine mentality. I was I was just like, yo, just let me go out the way you know how I just meant. Mm. Jamel, this is Jay. As you look at your performance, do you think is there anything you could have done differently? Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. There's a lot of things I could have done differently. Um, you know, 
Um, like my main thing was was the um basically you seen the beginning was try to box, but you can clearly tell that you know from his from his style that, that he wasn't backing down and he wasn't gonna stop coming. So basically, to, um you know to save my leg just for the um, remainder of the fight, you know I just had to just you know just bite down and just just go toe to toe. I mean, I could I could have um, been a little bit more defensive going toe to toe, obviously. But um, you know, there's a lot of things that I that I've seen now that I could have done. But um, I'm actually uh, I'm grateful for that type of fight because, you know, mentally now I know what to look out for when it, when it's time to go back to that level of fighting, you know, opponents. So I actually look at that um that fight as a positive more than anything because I would rather um, you know, learn now early in my career and then you know later on that I'm it could be worse. Yeah, you Did can you kind of say that you had to. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say you could say that you had to swim in the deep waters already. Exactly. Did you did you come did you figure those things out about yourself just based on your performance or from rewatching the fight? Um, just based on performance. Like when I was in um <laughs> when I was in like maybe like going into like the sixth round, you know, I, I started to pick up on things, you know, and I was like, okay, I need to start doing this and start um, you know, focusing on this because he's doing this and that. But like you know, it's crazy because um, a lot of people don't know. Um, like after the sixth round, I couldn't. Um, I got hit. I couldn't hear out my right ear. I couldn't see out my right eye. Um, I had um, I had a hole in my lip. So I was like, you know, at, at that at that at that point in time, I was just like, hey, you know, you here for a reason. You gotta just go for broke. And I just had to basically fight through a lot. But um, you know, just like watching it, watching it, and like you know, experiencing it. Of course, you pick up on things. But like I said, um. Overall, I'm I'm grateful for the you know finding um an opponent of that caliber and, I, and like I said, I, I left him and I promise that you know it's gonna be a lot different the next time I step back in the ring. Yeah, I remember you were relentlessly seeking the Javier Fortuna fight, and you were gonna have to drop down to 130. So again, you were looking for a significant fight. You were willing to risk it. Do you think you were overtrained for this fight in July? Um, a lot. It's crazy because. I've been hearing that from like a lot of people, even in, even in my camp, because like like so, um, I was already training, you know, way back in April, you know, when I was called for the um, you know, for two opportunity, an opportunity like I said that um, I wasn't even really looking for. It came to me, and I was just like, okay, give me some time, let me talk it over with my team. I was like, you know what, I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> and but we all think mm-hmm. that fell apart, but you know me, I stayed in the gym all the time, so I was still training. And um, we actually went for the um afterwards we, we went for the um the Shavaka fight, but they had turned it down originally because we were supposed to um, fight um someone else in June. But once again, I stayed in the gym. But um, like I said, I think eventually it all caught up to me. Um, by the time of the fight, like I was in shape because you just you know I, I went you know ten strong rounds, but there's a lot of things that I felt that my body couldn't do because I was you know just like a little worn out from my own, you know, from muscle aches and everything like that. All right. So um, have you talked to Al Heyman after this defeat? Is there a game plan for you moving forward? Oh, uh, let me, <laughs> uh, let me just go into the story where, you know, with Al, which is funny because I, I don't think I've ever, ever shared this story because I know we had that on. We all, everybody had basically like, like, like that, that myth about Al, and this is a true story. i never forget um. It was mm-hmm. the Mayweather um, Madonna first fight weekend. I had fought in Vegas around that time also, and I never forget. Um, I was going to air. I was in the airport. Um, Sunday morning, trying to get back to the East Coast, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was with Long Rashi Warren, and um, I was basically trying to get to my terminal, 
I'll never forget Rashid Warren was telling me, like, hey, you know you just walk right past the aisle? Now, that's how funny the mix is because I've spoken to Al plenty of times over the phone and I actually did, you know, <laughs> see your face to face. But, like, you saw you, everybody so you not seeing him, including his own fighters, that, like I said, I walked right past him, man, and <laughs> I didn't know it was him until, like, you know, I stopped him. Uh, that's my terminal. But, yeah, that that's just funny with Al, but, um, I did speak with Al the same night, and I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Um, this is how, how, how I post the conversation. I, I thought like I thought for me it was over. I thought it was gonna be like basically, and I told him, I told him straight up when I when I got on the phone. Um, cause you know you know the defeat was um it was still fresh, and I haven't had time to look back on everything. I just knew I was in a in a war at the time. But uh, when I got back to um, the dressing room, they was like Al wants to speak to you. Um, whenever you get ready, and at the time I'm still you know I'm still in my um tape and gauze and everything. But I was like. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna let him wait. Let me um, let me just pick him now, so um, so I can um get everything else my time. So when I when I when I spoke when I spoke to him, I told him straight up. Um, you know, I I was a little bit disappointed. I told him I was disappointed with um how everything went, but um, I thought like I was gonna be put on the shelf, and that was it. But he looked like um, this is um the, the side of Al Heyman that people don't know. Like um, you know, really people don't really speak about really um, you know, Al's really he, he, he's human just like every, every, anyone else. And um, when he said that. He was kind of upset and shocked with me because he was, you know, he told me that he was still proud and um not to worry about it, and that he um we're already going to um, start basically um planning to um you know to come back, you know, so um you know mm-hmm. I mean Al had a great conversation. Um, matter of fact, I was supposed to hear from him soon again, but right now he's handling a lot of things. But um we're going to sit down and talk again. But um you know he was proud of very high um how basically uh, basically more more importantly how I carried myself as a as a person after the fight. So that's why he was like, you know, we're just gonna just um take some time, but we're gonna work on some things and we'll come right back. You know, um, the way that you accepted defeat, you know, as a true soldier, you know, you're you're able. The fans were able to relate to you because, as human beings, we all go through trials and tribulations, and we all fail and we lose and we get back up. And so, you made yourself relatable. Like, yo, you took a challenge, you rose up, you dared to be great. You know, you came up a little short, but we can relate to that. So, you know, I, like I said, the, I don't feel the fight hurt you. Al Heyman doesn't think the fight hurt you. You know, I, I think it's wonders for you, actually. Yeah, I mean, and like like you just mentioned, um, for me, I, I always wanted to be, as you see, like even with um, social media, I always wanted to be like a, um, a guy that's basically like, you know, I may do things that people may see on TV, whatever, but I'm just an ordinary guy just like anyone else out there. And that's just, you know, that's how I carry myself. I never, you know, wanted to go that whole, you know, diva route or feel like I was better than anybody. I just feel like, you know, I get up, I put my pants on the same way as any other man, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I just, you know what I'm saying, my job is just requires maybe a, a bigger audience. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm human like everybody else, and I can relate to everybody else just as well. Listen, before we let you go, talking about social media, you've had some Twitter fingers this morning. I don't know what the hell is going oh. on on your Twitter. Who are you beefing with? What is going on here? It's crazy because, you know, I don't do the whole beef thing over Twitter, but, like, you know, <laughs> as, you, as we all know, other than something besides boxing, we're going through a lot of crazy attention, and, you know, saying, in, uh, in the country or whatever, you know, especially with terms of racism. But I'll just point out, you know, somebody who also was African-American, just like myself, you know, he was basically going off on, like, saying, you know, other races with, you know, with devils and this and that. And I just had to basically speak my opinion, like, you know, 
You can't fight ignorance with ignorance. Point blank. You understand me? Yep. And, that, and, it, and it's crazy about it. Respect you know, my name. You understand me? <laughs> and the funny thing about it, you know, I had a conversation with Al a while, like um, after February, after my last fight, about you know, because he even pointed out things to me, like you know, and it's exactly what he said. He was telling me over the phone, like. You know, with everything going on in the world, especially with you know, what I'm saying with, with, with all this, you know, craziness, especially dealing with race, he said, he said, he said, Mel, you know, continue being the person that you are because even though it's it's just a sport, you know, people we need people like you, you know, what I'm saying, who carry themselves well and um that everybody can relate to no matter what the race was, and that's you know that's what I try to go for, like you know, mm-hmm. no matter you know I can relate of course to um black issues, you know, going on in America. But um, at the same time, you know, I've worked with um, men of races dealing with the military, so you know, I I see people for who they are and not what they um, you know, what the, not what their skin color is about. But um, that's pretty that's much right. what I was going off on. You know, saying yeah, that's pretty much what I was going off about this morning. Like you know, I just had to feel like I had to you know, usually I, I let things slide, but I, I felt like I had to say something then. <laughs> well, that's that's really right. good advice, and you know, I was kind of raised the same way. I'm colorblind. I was raised with you know, Puerto Ricans and blacks and whites and Italians and Asians. And so people that see color, I just don't get it. But we weren't all raised the same. So, but anyway, listen, Jamel, thank you so much for the quick drive-by on Hotline Bling. We're glad, so glad that you're in good spirits. Thank you for the updates. you got two girlfriends over here with RB and J. You're welcome hey. on the show. Any, anytime. Oh, yeah, I'm and make I'm sure you, I'm yeah, I was going to say, make sure, <laughs> I was going to say, make sure you come back and keep us posted on everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, um, right now I'm probably back maybe honestly October, November. I'm trying to come back with a quick turnaround, so y'all the cool. first to know that. Just letting y'all know. All right, we got that <laughs> word on the curb. All right, Jamel, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you later. Y'all take it easy. All right, bye bye. The Caribe Hilton Hotel in San Juan, Puerto Rico will host the 29th WBO convention October 17th through October 21st. The World Boxing Organization is a sanctioning organization currently recognizing professional boxing world champions such as Sergey the Crusher Kovalev, Gilberto El Surdo Ramirez, Terrence Bud Crawford, Jesse La Nueva Generación Vargas, Roman Rocky Martinez. Registration forms and advertising opportunities are on our website at WBOboxing.com. The WBO also has a mission that extends beyond the ring. So help join the WBO on this fight and for more information on the WBO Convention of Puerto Rico and the Kids Drug Free Program. Visit WBOboxing.com. And we are back. That was great. Jamal is a really cool dude, Jay, don't you think? Really cool, really down to earth. Like you said, very relatable to a story of rising or adversity and sometimes taking an L sets you up for an even bigger W. So kudos to Jamel Herring, and we look forward to talking to him again in the future. I know that's right. So, look, let's move right into hot topics. There's two hot topics that we want to touch on before we get Jesse Vargas on the hotline bling. Let's start off mm-hmm. with last week it was announced that Golovkin is fighting Kel Brook, and it was announced for September 10th. Brook won it, the 160 weight, no catch weight. He's been getting lots of props for moving up two weight classes for this fight. Tom Loeffler says Chocolatito could still appear in a split HBO broadcast on the 10th, maybe in L.A. Jay, your, your initial thoughts when you heard Golovkin versus Brooks set for September 10th. I ain't worried about nothing. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> that was my thoughts upon hearing about Golovkin versus Kel Brook. With all due respect to Kel Brook, 
Triple G. Ain't worried about nothing. Nigga ain't worried about nothing. Triple G is going to have him a good night. Kelbrook might come out a little strong like Khan tried against Canelo, and then, boom, he's going to get laid out. You heard it here. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about what some people in the industry have been saying. So Eddie Hearn says that Ubanks made the Golovkin deal pretty much impossible. So that fight was out the window. He offered it to Brooke, and Brooke only took, I don't know, a couple days to sign on the dotted line. Bob Arum sounded off after the announcement. Bob Arum is so funny. He's like, Golovkin's fighting a welterweight? Is this even a fight? You know, this is absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy. So Bob Arum's mad. Juan Manuel Marquez, you know, he's like, yeah, Brooke is good, but Golovkin's too strong. This doesn't make sense. Robert Garcia, everybody's favorite Mexican trainer, he thought it was a joke. He really thought that when they announced the fight that it was a joke. He's like, this is comedy. So, hey, you know, RB. Yeah. You want to know what Golovkin thinks about the fight? Yes. Ain't worried about nothing. Nigga ain't worried about nothing. That's what Triple G thinks about that fight. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we have to be consistent, Jay. And me and you, we like to call it down the middle. You know what I mean? Like, That's right. you can't slander and slaughter Canelo, but then give Golovkin a pass for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we look at how much ribbing that Canelo took on social media after the fight was announced with Khan, and Khan was braced, you know, praised for his lion heart and stepping up, and Brooke is being um, being applauded for his lion heart. But then you have the same scenario. But I don't. Do you think that Triple G is receiving the same clapback that Canelo did when he announced the fight with Khan? No, no, absolutely he's not. There's no consistency here whatsoever. Let me remind you guys that at one point, Golovkin said he would go up to 168 for Frach and Chavez. Remember that? But he wouldn't go up for Andre Ward. Okay? Then he was willing to go down to 154 for Floyd Mayweather, but he was not willing to go down for Canelo. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, Canelo's a chump, he fought Amir Khan, and, and, and you fight in Cal Brook. That's right. Because. He's fighting that fight because... He ain't worried about nothing. He took that fight on a dotted line. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just after so much grief Canelo Alvarez was given for taking Khan, if you, if you have such an issue with the fight and now you're doing the same thing, then what the hell? I don't know. Inconsistency. Yeah, guys, terrible. Yeah, guys, remember, if you want to talk to us, uh, make sure you call in, but you have to press 1. If you want to sound off on Golovkin Kelbrook, whether you love it, whether you hate it, whether you're indifferent, make sure you press 1 so we could see that you want to speak your piece. And, Jay, if, if anybody does press 1, feel free to let me know and bring them on. I did read um, a quick article last night by Adam Abramowitz on SNBoxing.com, and he actually made a really good point. He said, you know, this is the essence of prize fighting. So whether you love it or you hate it, this was a financial case for Golovkin Brook. They're both going to probably make career-high paydays. You know, the powers that be, their promoters, did their jobs, and that is the essence of prize fighting. He made a lot Absolutely. of sense when he said that. Yeah, I agree with him totally. We we give a lot of grief, but it is prize fighting. And 
we have to keep that at the forefront of, of, of our thoughts. But more importantly, if you didn't like Canelo Khan, then you shouldn't like Triple G versus Brooke either. I don't care if GGG is a small middleweight and Khan is a big welterweight. They don't fight at the same weight class. They don't campaign at the same weight class. If you had a problem with one, then have a problem with other. Just because it's your boy now who's fighting in the fight, don't justify it. Don't try to spoon feed it to us like we're stupid. Have the same consistency across the board. That's all. And for the record, That's we're right. not Triple G haters. We like Triple G. Just don't exactly. Like I, I like Triple G. Yeah, I, I also like being consistent. You know, call a spade a spade. If you're going to ride one, you got to ride the other. Um, exactly. So we got a bunch of people in the queue. Nobody's pressing one. Nobody wants to stand off on that. We're going to move on to the next hot topic. You guys are, like, scared of R, B, and J. Uh, so anyway, other news. Other news last week, Rock Nation Sports Boxing COO David Iskowich abruptly resigned last Thursday. Word on the curb is that he's going to head to Ring Star Sports, which is a new promotional outfit that was started by Richard Schaefer a few weeks ago or whatever. Um, they worked together when they were both at Golden Boy Promotions. David left Golden Boy before things got really ugly and really messy over there. Remember when all that shit came to light about the fighters not resigning and what Heyman was doing and all that stuff. So we know that Schaefer's putting together his company. He's looking for some solid infrastructure. And Iskowitz, he is widely respected within the industry. He started off at HBO many years ago with Lou DiBella and then worked for Oscar De La Hoya for many years at Golden Boy. So just just look out for that. They're, they're both saying that they haven't been in communications. They're both saying no, that's not the plan, but but that's the plan. You heard it here from RB&J. That's the plan. That's right. That's <laughs> very interesting to see how this plays out. The guy's got promoter's licenses already in California, in Texas, and New York. Is currently applying for one in Nevada. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with these other promoters. If uh, they're going to be pushed out of town like Walmart being moved into the neighborhood, it'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. Well, why don't we shift gears, RB? I think we have uh, Jesse Vargas that's ready to get on and rock with us on the hotline bling. Go. All right. Let's pick it up. Let's see. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? (laughs) Good morning. How are you? Thank you for joining us on the Morning Punch and Show. Oh, anytime. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so look, let's get right to it. Um, You were in these negotiations to fight Cal Brook, and then something or someone pumped the brakes. Why do you think that this fight fell apart for you? Um, This fight fell apart, I would say, um, I mean, there there were several things going on, you know. Um, uh, It took us about a week and a half to finalize the deal that I had with Top Rank. It took me about two, about two weeks. I'm sorry, took weeks, two weeks to finalize the deal with Top Rank, and um, you know we were just uh, negotiating back and forth and on, on different terms. Finally, we reached an agreement. I signed a contract that Top Rank had set up for me, so uh, I mean everything was done and signed on my side. Uh, now the only thing that was that was left was for Kels to sign, but uh, according to Eddie Hearn, you know that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, he's going to, he's going to sign. He's, he's going to 
finalize the deal on his end because Kel wants to buy it, and he's certain that he's going to sign with, with no problem. And uh, one week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by, and, and now they're saying that uh, he wants more money, you know, that he's having trouble having Kel Brook sign the contract. And after that, well, you know, with him not signing the contract because they're having financial issues, then they switched the date on me. Uh, one time, you know, if you went from August 27th, September 3rd to middle September, late September, and then a few weeks after that, it changed again to possibly annoyed. I mean, uh, to me, it was just simply annoying. I, I, I called them they don't want to fight. They should not want to know. I want to be wasting my time here. They're paying a fight that, that uh, my opponent doesn't even want, you know, and if he doesn't mm-hmm. want it, he's going to look for a way around it. And uh, sure enough, I mean, uh, sooner or later, we came to know that he has signed a fight against Triple G, which, according to them, it basically took them two days to finalize. Yeah, and it took us two months to hope, I mean, to to basically, in our situation, it took us two months to get close to finalizing, you know what I mean? I don't think mm-hmm. that he was actually serious about fighting me, to be honest. You know, there must have been a plan that they had or, I mean, um, it's just—it's too curious to me that it took him literally two days to sign him, and for me, it took him two months to get close to signing. It just doesn't make sense. But it is what it is, and we're just gonna—I wish that they wouldn't have wasted my time. You know, they weren't serious to fighting. But hey, I'm just looking over to—I'm looking for the future and and seeing what's next for me. You know, we have a lot of big fights that can be made. Uh, a little bit of time wasted with uh, Kelbrook not wanting the fight. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you know, there's big things ahead. How pissed were you when the final decision had come down that this fight wasn't going to happen between you and Kel Brook? I wasn't happy. I mean, I saw it as, as disrespect. You know, it's just, I mean, what 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 the fuck was he doing wasting my time if he wasn't mm-hmm. serious about fighting? You know what I mean? It just didn't make any sense. So I wasn't, I wasn't happy, but, you know, at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. That's how I see it. So I just, uh, just asked my manager, okay, what's next? You know, um, uh, and, and that's how it was. The fact that you have a title and it took you so long to negotiate and they were able to get to some agreement within a couple of days so they are reporting, do you think they were negotiating on the side outside of your fight on their end? Mm, I don't know. I can't say because I, I, I just... I do know that maybe they, they, they had the idea I think that possibly they had the idea, you know, that that could happen. You know, they had it in their back in their mind. Maybe they were hoping for it. Who knows? You know, maybe they were they were stalling to look for other options. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What are your yeah. thoughts on the the Triple G versus Brook matchup? I mean, I think that he's very small for for him moving up to middleweight. Not only that, but um, you know, and the way I see it is that Kel just went up for a payday, you know, and he he thinks to himself, well, you know, after I lose this fight, I make a lot of money, and and I have um, I can still come back down to welterweight and defend my title instead of fighting a number one welterweight, losing the title for not that much money, you know, and um, and just I mean, and and having to risk my career there. I think that's what happened, but. Uh, as for the fight, what I think of it, I just think that it's just too much of a weight difference for uh, Kell Brook to 
have any uh, any uh, possibility of winning the fight. Yeah, let, let's get back to you and talk about some positive things. Seguir pa'lante, you know how they say. So Bob Arum says that he's going to have a big announcement regarding your next your next fight. Hopefully this week or next week. Your name has been in the mix for the Pacquiao fight in October. True or false? Uh, well, from what I hear, it's true. So uh, I do know that we have something big coming through in the Cameron and my promoter. I said, you know, just uh, have patience and, and um, you know, we're, gonna, we're working for something big for you. And, and I said, okay. You know, I, I, I trust in uh, in Bob and, and Cameron, and, and and that's what they told me. So I uh, I am very positive that uh, we have big things coming, you know, and uh, I hope that I, uh, my name is included in that big announcement. Yeah, do, do you think realistically the Pacquiao fight could happen before the Bradley rematch? Uh, I think that with me being champion, any fighter would, would like to uh, – uh, fight for for the championship, for the title. So it's, it's very possible, and not only that, but uh, everybody knows that I'm a warrior, you know, and I always come mm-hmm. to fight. So it, it's definitely possible with either opponent. Uh, there's also other names that have been thrown around, but um, uh, it's very possible. Uh, I know, I, I mean, everybody wants, a lot of people want to see the Bradley rematch, and um, I mean, uh, a Pacquiao fight would also make sense. So the good thing is that we have options, you know. That's uh, that's the way I see it. And uh, either fight, I'm sure the fans will gravitate towards, and they'll be happy to see. Yeah, you know, last week um, you had somebody calling you out quite a bit, and it was Jose Benavidez Jr. And he keeps on saying that after he beats Santana, he wants to fight you. Is that a fight you're interested in? Like, would that do anything for you, a fight with Benavidez? Um, I haven't heard much of him. You know, I didn't know he was calling me out. Um, now that, that he's telling me, well, um, you know, uh, we'll take a look at him um, when he fights. Uh, I believe he fights this month. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, but I have a big, I have a fight lined up. But do I think that uh, it would mean anything well, if he racks, if he uh, continues to win and be impressed with uh, his fans? I mean, maybe. You know, may, maybe it's a possible fight. You never know. I mean, anybody uh, ranked within the top ten. I don't know if he's ranked against uh, within the top ten, but anybody ranked in the top ten is a, a possible fight. Yeah. Well, listen, I know it's early, and we thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for the updates and for being so honest with us. We're going to see you in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. We're going to be out there for Crawford Postle. Do you, who do you have in that fight before we let you go? Any predictions, Crawford Postle? I'm leaning towards Crawford. You know, he's my boy. I know him well. And um, I think that his speed and, and ring generalship is, is going to uh, have him at a slight edge. But it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be entertaining, and it's going to be dangerous for both. I mean, Terrence can't sleep on on Fossil, and it's it's very entertaining. But I see Crawford winning uh, by decision, and um, you know, actually that that weekend I'm going to be working with HBO Espanol, you know, on, on commentating. So everybody Ooh. tune in. Yeah, tune in. If, if you like the Spanish language, tune in, and and uh, I hope that um, I do a great job uh, commentating and and. Uh, you will. You will. You're really good at that. Well, listen, thank you for the quick drive-by on Hotline Bling, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks out in Vegas. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a nice day. All right. Have a good one. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. 
War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. And we are back. You are listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J. If you are calling in and you'd like to speak with us, the number is 718-508-9852, and make sure you press 1. Just to run through a quick few quick headlines uh, that made news this week, in case you missed it, tonight, Sergei Kovalev will defend his unified titles against Isaac Chalemba. HBO World Championship Boxing telecast begins at 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. Chalemba, I don't see Chalemba upsetting the apple cart. So after tonight, it looks like we will be full speed ahead in seeing a fight between Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward. Also, Anthony Joshua versus Bermain Stavern is being eyed by Eddie Hearn for some time in November. Anthony Joshua continues to make his mark in the heavyweight division. Bermain Stavern will be a pretty, a pretty good test of where he's at. Let's just hope that Stavern isn't dehydrated for the fight. Gilberto Ramirez injures his hand and will be withdrawing from the HBO pay-per-view broadcast. He was scheduled to fight on the undercard of Terrence Crawford versus Victor Postal. So unfortunately, Zerto will not be on that card. He had to withdraw with a hand injury. uh, Jarrell Miller will be facing off against Fred Cassie on August 19th in Rochester, New York, and you can catch that fight on Showbox. And finally, Saddam Ali will most likely be on the Canelo versus Liam Smith card on September 17th. So stay tuned for an announcement with that. And back to you, Arby. All right. Word on the curb. This is what everybody waits mm-hmm. for. Everybody gets through the whole show to hear this word on the curb. So here we go. Adrian Broner looks to have outpriced himself for the Manny Pacquiao fight. What a bummer because we were all <laughs> we were all really excited um, for that fight. I thought it would be like really intriguing, but he's really not about billions because no. he has turned down uh, a career high payday pretty much and passed and priced himself out on that. Now Bob Arum's top rank, they do still have October fifteenth on hold in Las Vegas. And we just heard from Jesse Vargas that he might be in the mix for the Pacquiao fight, and it might land at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, Let's see. Some more word on the curb. Okay, Golden Boy has something up their sleeves, guys. They have been moving in silence. They had a possible two TV deals in the works. And I can't give you the networks quite yet, but one of them – um, will be a network that is pretty much walking away from PDC, and Golden Boy is going to slide right in there. And, they're, <laughs> and they are going to be heading back east more this year because they have a lot of East Coast fighters. So look for them to be doing some more shows in D.C. and maybe around the New York Philly area as well. Uh, another piece of word on the curb, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, but Brandon Rios, his contract definitely is up with top rank. Top rank, I don't think, cares too much about this either way. He gave zero effort against Tim Bradley. So, you know, I don't think that they're going to resign him. I don't believe that Brandon Rios wants to resign. Uh, But word on the curb is he may be fighting over at PBC. Ooh. That's not a shocker. Maybe they got space. Right? They always got room for more. They're like Jello. 
the last piece of word on the curb here. There is a big fight that is now going to first bid. Jamal Charlo versus Julian J. Rock Williams is going to first bid. All the IBF registered promoters have been invited to bid on this fight. So back in May, the IBF ordered Charlo and Williams to begin negotiations on their mandatory defense. Well, they were not able to reach an agreement within the time frame that was set. Therefore, now the IBF is calling for purse bids, and this will happen on Tuesday, July 19th. So who's going to win the bid using Al Heyman's money? Will it be Mayweather Promotions? Will it be Devella Entertainment? Or how about this? How about the curveball? Maybe it'll be Richard Schaefer with Ringstar Sports. Ooh. If not, it's going to be the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J. We're going to promote that fight. <laughs> All right. So that's it for my word on the curb. Soak it up. Make sure you share it. Make sure you give RB and J on the Morning Punch-In Show some credit. Jay, let's wrap up with the weekend fight schedule. Yes, let's get right into the fight schedule. We are trying to do a drive-by this morning, so... Let's get right into what's going on this weekend. Tonight in Russia, as we mentioned before on HBO, Sergey Kovalev versus Isaac Chalemba. So make sure you tune in at 10:15 uh, Eastern Standard Time to see the Crusher crush once more against Isaac Chalemba. Tuesday on Fox Sports One, Bradis Prescott versus Levan <laughs> Gyamacheva. That sounds good. So make sure you tune into that on Fox Sports One. Friday on ESPN, Sergey Lipinets versus Walter Castillo. Also on Friday on Estrella TV, Jason Velez versus Renee Alvarado. Saturday on Fox. Saturday on Fox, the big heavyweights take center stage. Chris Ariola, Deontay Wilder versus Chris Ariola, live from down south. So make sure you tune in and have your hot wings and gumbo ready. And then Saturday on Unamas, Jesse Magdaleno versus Fernando Vargas. So that is your weekend fight schedule. Make sure you tune in and make sure you tweet your girls RB and J during fight night so we can talk about it. That's right. So, look, we are going to close out. We are going to be off this Wednesday, Jay, for the ruckus because our girl Jay Yay. is going to be working the red carpet at the SB. Hey. Congratulations. Yeah, so sure we are watching. so hyped. That is so dope. Thank you so much. If you're watching ESPN and you can play Where's Waldo, if you see your girl on the red carpet, make sure you tweet me so that um and tell me how I look cuz I'm getting my hair done right now while we're doing the show so you know watch the SB's on Wednesday and if you see your girl make sure you tweet me and screenshot me okay cuz I'm banging yeah well look everybody knows the drill visit badculture.net ragingbabe.com we appreciate you so much for listening today shout out to Jesse Vargas Jamel Herring Jay, my amazing PIC catch us every Monday morning right here from 8 to 9 on the Monday morning Punch and show. Thank you for making us a part of your day. RB and J is a wrap.